Hey, welcome to Trucking After Hours, uh, the week of February 24th, 2000 plus 20. You know what? I'm No, that wouldn't have anything to do with it. I have a buffer issue on this computer. I don't know why that computer is slow. None well, whatsoever. You see what? It's like it's that whole area is. Yeah, I, I think we had a couple of people jump in and jump out real quick. Hopefully they will jump right back in because, darn it, we are here. <laughs> we have a good night planned. We've got uh, another dead car from GM, a whole line. We've got yard moves, off-duty driving, which would be personal conveyance. Tin hats are back. Uh, some uh, on-again, off-again mini, mini Ice Age stuff, but the consequences are going to be there regardless. And thanks to Ross, we have a this week in beer. We have a really bad ad that uh, rolls right into a big rolling turd because it's a really bad ad for a big rolling turd. (laughs) And of course, this week in beer is kind of funny. And uh, I don't even want to go near what we will learn. But hey, Buck Ballard here. Don the beer guy here. And of course, manning all things Facebook. Not really well right now. (laughs) Castle curator. Yes, Chris is here. So... By gosh, we know we're out there, and uh, I've got the mic set up right. That's a good thing. The camera's set up right, I hope. So that's a good thing. Don said he was looking up at a pair of horns up here, huh? I was earlier. I cannot see them anymore. Well, that's a good thing, too. Oh, they were probably coming through this camera. Yeah, they were coming through uh, your your computer camera. For those of you listening to the podcast, we do it live every Sunday <laughs> night, approximately 8.45 Central Time. Uh, that would be we Chicago. We do it whenever the hell we feel like it, okay? Be Pretty honest. much it, and that's usually when we feel like <laughs> it. When things go wrong, hey, things go wrong, and we roll with the punches. But we uh, we have some fun. This sign was a gift for Christmas, was it not? Yes. That sits between us, and it is supposed to go right here, and I have yet no, to No, it was your birthday. Oh, it was my birthday. Well, that's even farther back, and it's I supposed know. to be right we'll here. Go with Christmas. Covering this blind space where you see a mess of wiring and a Wi-Fi booster and a bunch of other crap. I need to build a little thing to hang it on out there because that probably would create havoc in the noise. When I moved the mic and it went crunch, crunch all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's knock uh, one thing out of the way real quick. Guys, if you're independent, you're using your own, uh, finding your own loads. Trucker's Edge, powered by DAT. That's the uh, load board design for the guy with one, two, three trucks. Everything you need, it is powered by DAT. It is more loads, more brokers, credit scores, days to pay, everything you need. Trip planning, whatever you need, it is there. It is pretty cool. They have three plans going from $34.95 a month all the way up to $99.95 a month. And you can try any one of those three plans absolutely free just by going to Trucking After Hours and following that link. Sign up, give it a try. I think we ought to do these shiny objects first because I'll tell you what, after after all of this crap, it is time for a shiny object. (laughs) Did you see that? What is the bagel company? What's the name of that place? Could this be Um, coming to a truck stop near you? Major bagel place. Einstein Brothers Bagels. That's it. Einstein Brothers Bagels. And they are coming up with something really, this looks intriguing. There's only one piece of it that I don't like. Everything else looks wonderful. And what do they call this contraption? It is being called the Bagel Rito. That's right. It's a bagel and a burrito. It's like a burrito wrapped in, I mean, what's in this thing? There's a good list of ones. Oh, cage-free eggs, bacon, turkey sausage, three cheeses, hash brown salsa, and green chilies. Wrapped uh, in wrapped bagel up, bread. Wrapped up in a flour tortilla that is then wrapped up in Asiago bagel dough. So you do still get the tortilla. You still you get it's basically we're gonna make a breakfast burrito and then we're gonna wrap it in a bagel. Because you know what? Damn it, we love carbs. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, the thing that loses me on those is there is no place for potato and burrito. That's just filler. Get rid of the potato and make it what it is. And give me more meat. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am not a fan of turkey being substituted for any other kind of meat. I Give get, me regular pork sausage. I get why they do it, but I agree. Pork sausage would be better. But darn it, when I find one of those, I will try one of those. I guess they're limited production for now, and they'll see how they go. But test market's been good so far. 
Okay, there is one major flaw in this. It did it did exceptionally well in their test market. Sold out, right? Yeah. Where was their test market? That they did not say. Denver, Colorado. Well, that's... What can you do in Denver, Colorado that leads to excessive munchies? Yeah, and, and they don't sell Doritos there, so the closest <laughs> thing you can get is the bagel. Uh, of I course agree. you're going to sell out. You're selling a damn burrito. <laughs> oh, man. I, I didn't read where. I just read they were a little concerned. They didn't say how many was a sellout. Yeah, they didn't give a number on how many they sold out, but their their test market was uh, Denver, Colorado. Denver. Yeah, I wonder what time <laughs> of day or evening that was. Oh, man. now I mean, great marketing. Great oh, yeah. marketing strategy. Of course you're going to sell out. <laughs> You know, that's a really good idea. You think of it, you're going to test market something, do it there or Oregon. Well, the problem with Oregon is, you know, they're living on the streets, so nobody has any money because, you know, living in tents. I don't know. Right. Maybe living in tents on the streets makes them have more money. Maybe. Now, last week, we came down and started the podcast when the Daytona 500 had, what, two laps to go? Well, no, it got rained out last week. Oh, yeah, that was Monday that it actually, yeah, that's right. Sunday it got rained out. We watched Monday. Oh, we had to go to choir. We left with two laps to go and had to go to choir. Yep. So we missed the uh, Ryan Newman catastrophe, which uh, for those of you who are hiding under a rock, he ended up spinning through the air and landing upside down and sliding on that driver's side corner of the roll cage. And then, of course, Fuel leaking everywhere, so fire pursued, and, and uh, it, it looked like a nasty crash. I it, didn't watch the race, but you know, I, I watch ESPN for hours a day, and of course, it's on there, and it it looked rough. It was ugly, and it turns out, and I can thank the castle curator for this one. You found somewhere what was uh, the piece of the roll cage that you said? Uh, oh, the Newman bar. That was they were talking about it today during the race. The the Newman bar. This was something he has a habit of. He has a degree from Purdue in engineering. Yes, and he has a habit <laughs> of sliding his car on its roof. Yes, he does. Uh, he has had cars land on top of his car, and he has landed on top of other cars, roof to roof. Ooh. So yeah, he came up with the concept of what they call the Newman bar, and it's like a double roll bar in front of the driver's head, and they. Uh, Say that very well could have been a life-saving safety device that he designed and got NASCAR to put in several years back. But kind of nice. interesting, yeah. I, I invented the Newman bar. I wonder how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me at 220 miles an hour so I can see how this thing works. We got to test this SOB. Oh, man. We are glad he's okay. And uh, it, it looked pretty scary there because they weren't going to say anything on his condition. And then two days later, he walked, or three days later, he walked out of the well, I think they they were days. quiet for a while about it, yeah. about his his condition. Well, that's what they were saying that it was too much. It was too reminiscent of when Earnhardt, Dale Hearn, yeah. Earnhardt died, and yeah. the black screens and getting the press off yeah. down, you know, away from the car. Yeah, that was a little bit scary. And right now we have to say thanks to Brian because he said this is still the best podcast around. So. <laughs> Brian, we love you, brother. If you could have seen us run around here a few oh minutes ago, gosh. you'd wonder. <laughs> well, we, well, you know, the, the catch is your computer and my computer are now four years old. Yes. June will be my fourth anniversary with the company. We bought them right before we moved here. So, yeah. so I'm running a four-year-old computer, a seven-year-old computer with half the memory of this one. And this thing is a $149 special with no memory at all <laughs> that will not update. <laughs> but it was this one giving us the fits today. So, uh, yeah, unplug my headphones. That really um, <laughs> So, yeah, we don't need computers dying right now. I will be uh, rebooting everything and doing all of the uh, security scans and dumping a bunch of stuff I don't need off of this thing in the morning. But all will be right with the world. That's right. Have you ever heard of Holden? I have not. Do you remember, okay, of course we have the Pontiac GTO and back in the uh, mid-2000s, Pontiac decided to bring it back. Yes. And it had a single exhaust pipe. It looked just like another GM coupe. It, yeah, it, it, nothing fancy to it at all. No, and it might have had a decent powertrain. That was a Holden. That was an Australian car converted to left-hand drive, shipped to the U.S., 
they couldn't even do a dual exhaust because it, that would start all new EPA stuff. Oh, okay. So the goal was to sell the car, and then you could do a cat back dual exhaust on your own. And but you know, if I got to make Who it a GTO, it ain't a GTO. No. But Holden has been around for 1856. They started out as Holden Saddlery. Uh, they merged with GM in 1931, and now they are a, a fully owned GM, just like all of the other brands, a GM brand. They're the version of Chevrolet in Australia, or were. And three years ago, they still kept producing Holden, but they stopped manufacturing in Australia. Well, now they announced they're killing the whole brand. Oh, wow. So 2021, will there be a 2021 model or is that going to be the end of it? It sounded like this is the end. That's what it, I thought. It, the way I got out of that article was 2021 will will be no more. The problem is, link in the show notes to the article on it, you look at everything that's been killed off, but they took a lot of Australia. They took billions of dollars of government money. Billions in taxpayer money. It, well, and look what look what. General Motors did. And no, Ford did not. Ford did not take Obama money when they bailed out the auto industry. Ford figured they no. were out of it. GM took a lot of money. They're killing, okay, now this is Australian money they took. But look, all of the threats to move, uh, and they have. They've moved, GM has moved a lot of factories south of the border. Yep. Trying to, you know, even though we paid billions to bail their butts out and keep them out of accuracy. Yeah. But Pop you, the hood on any GM vehicle and show me a piece of plastic that does not say made in Mexico. Yeah, you know, that is the truth. Yeah, but you look at what we've lost just in the last few years. Mercury, Oldsmobile, Pontiac, Plymouth, Saturn, Hummer. And those are the ones I can think of. And these are these are not like uh, Geo, which was a you know, brand name they pulled out of their butt to stick a bunch of imported cars under. These right. are substantial brands you do your homework on nissan they're struggling right now they're horribly yeah. struggling uh mitsubishi is almost dead there's a bunch of these companies that are just struggling and then what they're struggling for i think a good share of it is trying to profitably make a car that'll pass emissions anywhere yeah I don't it's know. not easy <laughs> i i go back to my my old uh prediction 2030 you just do some online research um, what will we be driving in 2030? And the answer you're going to get from all of the auto, all of the auto rags and from all of the financial experts is probably nothing because only 20% of the people will own a car 10 years from now. Yeah. That's just. There'll be a, there'll still be cars. Oh, yeah. They're going to be ridiculous. I mean, look at, look at what they are now. Yeah. You know, our, our lease is coming due here on the Equinox and we went in, uh, this last week to go explore some of our options as far as what we can do. And we, we were talking about possibly leasing something else. Um, we're not a big fan of the new Equinox, the new design. So we wanted to go, okay, let's look up a notch. Let's look at the new Blazer. New Blazers are cool. They, they, they look really cool. They got a lot of neat features on them. Uh, the new Equinox, I want to say, was hovering right around thirty six or 37,000. Ouch. The new Blazer was pushing 50. And is that still a, no, that's the, not the Trailblazer, but the Blazer. Yeah, that's no, crazy. No, just, just the, the Blazer. They re-released wow. the Blazer. And, and okay, I don't care what car brand you're looking at. All these crossovers look the same. The yeah. front end's a little different. <laughs> the headlights yeah. are slanted at a different angle. That's it. So, I mean, it doesn't look any different than Ford's crossover or anything like that. But just the, the amount of money they're getting for these things. And it was like. He ran some numbers. He's like, well, yeah, you know, that they got some great incentives right now that, and we can, we can get you lease payments of $575 a month. I don't think so, Al. <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> if you want to buy it, add another $100 a month to that thing. You know, if the price of the car is more than half of your, of your family annual income. It's just nuts. And, and we crossed that line back in the 90s. Now people are thinking, yeah, every three years I can lease a new car that's worth what I make in a freaking year. The math yeah. does not work out. I have a problem paying, you know, half of what I paid for a house on a car. <laughs> our, our one uh, lease payment is bigger than our house payment, but we have a pretty cheap house payment. I was going to say, you guys have a... On, on the Jeep? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's more than just our principal interest to the house. When you add the taxes and insurance and everything on oh, that, yeah. that's more. But yeah, it, it, yeah, it's funny. 
Yeah. yeah it's, it's just really ridiculous. So yeah, like you were saying, by the year 2030, what, $80,000, $90,000 for a car? Most of those aren't even going to be around anymore. And that's why GM stock is in the toilet. Ford stock is in the toilet. Don't ask me why Tesla is 800 and something dollars a share. That's nuts. But people- And they're not producing a damn thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, Tesla, great. You're, you're going to come out with something, the wave of the future. Great. I was have re- not seen a damn thing. It no. just came out with a Hot Wheel car. Ooh. Yeah, I knew Whoa. that. <laughs> $30 or some stupid yeah. thing. I was reading, and I think this was in a Quora or, or a forum somewhere, and it was a guy who had signed up. They have a Tesla, and it's one of these where you rent your car to people thing. And right. a family rented a Tesla, their Tesla, for the day, and they were going to put 200 miles on it. And it had enough charge to go almost three. And they get a call from these people. It's 180 miles on it and it's dead. And, you know, you don't go out there with a gallon, you know, a five gallon jug of electricity. You call a tow truck and tow it somewhere. So uh, how did they only get 100? How did they lose that extra 100 miles? Well, they probably ran the air conditioner. Their kids were streaming videos in the back, (laughs) plugged into the, I, I mean... You run the air conditioning and your kids watch videos on their tablets and you lost 100 miles of range. half your battery. Yeah. yeah, what the hell? Excellent, excellent uh, road trip. Hey, we're yeah. going to go to Disneyland. It's only going to take eight days to get there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, and to plug the thing in and charge it fully in a 110 outlet is uh, 20 hours. Right. But, you know, you, you can just go and use one of the high... high uh, all the high volume chargers that you would use that are on the road in various places. And, you know, oh, maybe... the ones hooked up to the, uh, the diesel generators. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they'll give you like a 70% charge in an hour, but wow. Anyway, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not well, going to go down that rabbit hole long. We've got some other tin hat to do later. Yard moves. And I learned something on this one. We have an article on yard moves and I'll try and put this into the show notes on the show. Here's what I was wondering when I saw this article on yard moves. My question was, if I'm up, if I pull into a shipper who says, yeah, you can sleep here, and I get there at 7 in the evening for an 8 a.m. appointment, and at, uh, and maybe I know where my backhaul is, it's a drop and hook, so as soon as that truck is empty, I can rock and roll. And a night shift guy in a spotter truck comes and wakes me up at 11.45, says, Put your trailer trailer in that door and I'll get it unloaded. So I move over to the door. I go back to sleep. Two hours later, he brings me my paperwork. I put the trailer back. I go back to sleep again. Well, now, since I got there at 7 at 5 a.m., I can get up pre-trip at 5.15. I can rock and roll. Yeah. Was that a yard move? Because the satellite now on the new trucks knows that I moved 350 feet. And then move right. 350. The answer is yes, it's a yard move. And yes, it's on duty, which means it just screwed up my 10 hour break. Right. So yard, there was actually some interesting stuff in here. Basically, the yard move is as long as you're not even crossing a highway. What were the rules? It had to be marked as private, gated. It, it has to be. Yeah. A, a, I don't believe it has to be gated i believe it just it it has to be posted as restricted not public access private one of those if you're not a truck you don't belong here yeah and and then it's okay but uh but it's still on duty time to be legal yeah it's it's on duty time not your driving time but it is on duty you know i go think back you know i only worked for halver for three or four months but one of the things that made that work was one of their one of their regular backhauls out of Pennsylvania was right across the Ohio Pennsylvania line and it was a steel mill and they had a standing 1 a.m. appointment and I could pull in there at six in the evening, sleep till, you know, have some dinner, go for a walk, get a five hour nap, pull in at line at twelve thirty, load up at one, throw my tarps, go back to bed at two thirty and sleep till maybe five AM again and I'm rested and ready to rock and roll. And put her in the wind. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. Not with the new trucks. Not with the new trucks. And even that, I had to cross a public street to go from where I parked the truck. So that brings me to, it's okay, since yard moves aren't what they were, what about personal conveyance? 
And I found a bunch of stuff. Personal conveyance miles would be, for example, and this again was Halver. I left, I'd parked the trailer in a Kmart parking lot. They had a bunch of room for truck parking there in Rice Lake. Yep. So there are four or five trailers. We drop our trailers there. I'd put the trailer there and then I would log that as off duty driving. We had a way to log off duty. That was personal conveyance. And they allowed us to go up to 30 minutes of off duty driving as long as we were, un- in their case, unladen, no trailer. And I just drive home 15 minutes. Well, yeah, I was going to say you from Kmart, you were what, 10 minutes from your house? Exactly. Now, reading, and I guess there was something at uh, Great American Trucking Show, and that was a uh, a uh, FMCSA presentation, and they are a little more lax on personal conveyance miles. And in their opinion, if you, maybe you're unloaded somewhere where you can't sleep, and to be legal, you have to sleep on a street that is not safe. You could call it personal conveyance to drive to safe haven to sleep safely. Um, okay. There's a lot of, and it, it, he even said it's kind of personally vague because we don't want it abused, but this right. is what it is for. Or if you are on your 34 hours uh, restart and personal conveyance can take you to the Walmart store to buy your groceries and, you know, that sort of stuff, whether or not you took the trailer or not. But in his opinion, we don't care if you're laden or not. In other words, if you're, you have cargo or not, as long as you're on, in the route delivering it and doing work stuff. You're taking care of business on your off time. The problem with personal conveyance is most every driver works for a big trucking company that says, oh, we don't believe in personal conveyance. Take your 10-hour break. Yeah. Which is the reason drivers get written up for stupid stuff like getting a flat tire, being over 14 hours by the time somebody comes to fix your stupid super single retread. <laughs> and then they you know, write you up as disciplinary action because you drove over your 14 hours from where they took two hours to fix your flat tire to safe haven to sleep 15 minutes yeah. away. Don't ask me right. how I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. Yes, I know a guy. Yeah. Enough of that. Before we jump into the next one with yarn moves. Now that messes with your, your 10 hour break. Correct. Yes, it it is still on duty. But here's the funny thing with with yard moves. That is on duty time. But let's say you got up at 6 a.m., you pre-tripped, you drove to a shipper, you spent two hours loading, and then you drove somewhere and spent another hour and a half unloading. You get back to the yard and you are against your 14-hour clock. So your, your 14 hours are done. As long as you don't go out on that public street, you can continue on duty, not driving for another however many you want to do within that yard. Okay. So this explains to me why the guys I work with, where I work, because we go up and down a public road. We are, if you do overtime and stuff, limited to 70 hours a week. We, we can do the right. 70 hours in eight days. Where we have other accounts, and I know other spotters who work where they never leave a, a compound. They never go out on a public street. They're not allowed out on a public street. And because of that, you know, they rack go, up the overtime. They, yeah, it's all on duty. They can rack up the overtime. Now, would personal conveyance hours go against your, your 10 hour? Person, no, that, that was the point he was making. The personal conveyance does not go against your, your 10 hour break. You okay. would. You would be off duty. You do have to log that somewhere that truck is moving and it has to be noted accordingly. So there right. is a way in most logbooks to record personal conveyance. It's just all of the big companies shut that feature off because they don't want right. you to use they it. They don't want you doing it. Yeah. And I get okay. it because it is going to be abused, but they abuse everything they possibly can. Anyway, if you can sleep at a shipper and you're taking your 10-hour break, but you really got a five-hour break because he spent five hours on their loading dock counting freight. Right. <laughs> we don't care. That's not our problem. That happens all the time. Hasn't happened to me in years because I wouldn't put myself in those positions anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that still happens all the time. I talked to two. But uh, yeah, yard moves is pretty cut and dry. Personal conveyance is very vague and most of the companies are just going to say, oh, we're just not going to let you. Do you Thanks. remember we did a Tin Hat episode way, way, way back when about a baseball cap that would read all of your metrics and stuff. Yes. It is here. We weren't, we it, were. It is. 
it's funny how the things we uh, project See, in we years here on Trucking After Hours are cutting edge. We are. We are on. <laughs> we know things. We are on top of it. So, yeah, but this isn't even a tin hat. It's just a headband. Yeah, this is a, a, a headband, a do-rag, a baseball hat. It sounds like they can pretty much put this into anything you would wear on your head. They just want to put probes on your brain and see what's going on in there. Oh, that's fine. Now this they'll, they'll pay attention for 30 seconds and run like, hell. there's some weird stuff up there. <laughs> Wearable <laughs> tech that tells drowsy truckers it's time to pull over. I hate articles that you have to, uh, and I'm sorry about that. I didn't have to subscribe. Oh, I maybe. just had to click the I agree to the cookies and then skip yeah. to ads and then read more. Shiny object. The agree to the cookies crap started in the Eastern Union. Yeah. GDPR, God knows what it stands for, but it created havoc in a whole lot of people with websites because you either have to have the cookies or, as I did, I just put a blocker in that if you're in the Eastern Union, you can't access the trucking podcast. I've since changed that because WordPress did some things to make that compliant. California adopted the same rules because they're California. Well, of course they did. Yes. We do what we want. So, yeah, now it affects everybody, but yeah. That technology is not the funny thing is I think the camera is taking the place of the tin hat in most applications from what you read, because now driver facing cameras can tell you, oh, you don't know it yet, but you're tired. You need to pull over. Yeah, I'll decide. What happens if you're one of these people with what do you call them? Just the lazy eyes that their top eyelids halfway down. You know what I'm talking about? It's not a lazy eye. It's not a lazy eye, but there's a term for it. I I have an ex-brother-in-law that, you know, who I'm talking about. Well, I've only he, known. Well, no, you've had quite a few. Yeah, but you've only known so. two, and one is no longer a brother-in-law. Yeah. But yeah, both he and his father had these. Oh yeah, they just always looked like they were just woke up from a nap. Their yeah. eyelids were always half. I wonder how that those cameras. It looks I like that. T- now I can't open it again because now it wants me to subscribe to the New York Times, and I don't want to <laughs> subscribe to it. But this was in another country, but they are actually being used now, aren't they? Yeah, and it's the article kind of talks about all the different technologies that that have been out there. Whether it's um, a camera that detects when your eyes blink longer than normal, and that might mean you're you're drowsy. Um, they've had sensors that you can wear, where if your head tips forwards, you know, like when you're you're first dozing off, it'll it'll vibrate and beep in your ear or something. And and now they're talking about. You know, literal sensors that are attached and are measuring your your brain waves, um, even to the point of monitoring how many times you are turning your head side to side, checking your mirrors. Because apparently, once you get tired, you don't check your mirrors that often. Well, I have cruise control. Why should I check my my mirrors? Yeah, they shouldn't be over there, anyways. <laughs> what if I'm singing a song and just going? Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I can see why so many truckers don't want to go back. I no. being one of them. It is just the, the the sport and the fun of getting the job done dead. Oh, it's gone. And it's it, and long it, gone. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. It, it, it's, I think back to when, when you were, I mean, you, you were killing yourself there for a few years. You know, I don't even know how many hours you were working. Oh, I remember calling calling home at seven at night, and and uh, yeah, Chris and I would talk on the phone. I'd talk to all all three of you, and yeah, I'm gonna park about ten and go to bed. And you know, about one thirty, I'd go to bed and set the alarm for four. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I've talked to to other guys that they drove over the year over the road for years, and they'd you know, yeah, when I'd pull the truck over and go to sleep, I'd write a sticky note on where I was. So I remembered. <laughs> oh man, there's nothing worse than, yeah, you, you wake up, it's dark, the curtains are closed and it's, you, you open the curtains and trying to remember where you are. Then you're trying to remember where you're going. Yeah. yeah what, <laughs> what time is my, what time? Okay. I got three hours of sleep. Yeah. They'll be open when I get there. You know, And, and I, I agree that, you know, that kind of driving shouldn't happen. You know, you, you shouldn't have to drive that much, A, to, to make a living, and, and B, no company should force you to drive that much. But do I feel that everybody needs to wear sensors? I No. You know, 99% of the guys and girls out on the road, if they have that flexibility to, yeah, I can drive for, I, I know my body. I know I can drive for 
eight hours and then I'll stop. I'll get some fuel. I'll, you know, I'll walk around, I'll get some lunch and then I'm going to drive four more hours. And, you know, by then I'll, I'll be tired, you know, let them sleep when they're tired, not when the government thinks they need to sleep. Well, and the problem is, let's say everybody did just like you say, and, and even if you had the 11 hour limitation on a 16 hour day instead of a 14 hour day, the trouble with the 14 hour day is I'd get out to California. They'd find a backlog, a backhaul in California that needed to come back to Green Bay and by the time you do your pre-trip, you stop once for fuel, you do your 30-minute break and your post-trip, it takes you 12 hours. 11 hours yep. of driving, an hour of goofing around doing that crap. So let's say you left at 6 a.m. Well, now you park at 6 p.m., you're up at 4 a.m. Now you park at 4 p.m., you're up at 2 a.m. What the hell? Right. If, you know, if, if you're doing a longer trip, and yeah, if you left at 5 a.m., now you're up at 1 a.m., so right. it, it wasn't accomplishing any of the goals they wanted it to accomplish. And you you pretty much have to stop at four or five in the afternoon or you're not going to find a place to park. Yeah, you're not going to get a parking spot. Oh. You're going to be parking on the side of the road or, you know, in the ghetto or God knows where. Exactly. But oh. no, should, should you have to wear a device? And, you know, okay, the technology is out there. How long before the insurance companies are going, hey, you guys need to wear these or we're not going to insure you anymore. Well, what's the Tina Fey commercial now where she's got the you know, little chip in her car? And yes, I drive the speed limit and I save insurance money. Yeah. I'd rather pay a little more and not have your in my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and those have been around for, for a long time. Oh, yeah, man, they that they have. That you know, they they're have. just getting more and more uh, prevalent. Yeah. And they're going to be harder and harder to not get because more and more insurance companies are going to jump on that driving yeah. record. Be damned! I get I get a uh, a monthly email from our lease company on uh, and it's basically a grade book on the two lease trucks that we have: idle time, running time, excessive braking, excessive acceleration, you know, hard turns, and. Wow. I asked my boss, I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do with these? Because unless you see an F, just ignore it. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Like, okay. <laughs> well, you know, know, they're, they're automatic trucks that are horribly underpowered for the amount of weight we hold. Every acceleration is excessive acceleration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be true. That would be true. Speaking of which, we'll get to when we do the big rolling turns. Tin hats. I mentioned on Facebook Something that was coming that, I mean, this is more interesting than Y2K, and it is, I think, really going to happen. Maybe not the way we think. Uh, did you read some of this mini Ice Age coming thing? I did. I did. There's there's a lot of sense in it. A lot of nonsense in it, too. But Well, here's the interesting thing, is this article, and it's not a brand new article. This has been out for a little while, and they're talking about... Um, Reduce solar activity, and we could be heading for a mini ice age in 2030. And what the article goes on to describe is the temperature changes that could be caused by these reduced solar activity, which will be more sunspots. And these are spots where there is no fire burning at the moment. And it sounds like it's all liquid and it's wave moving around that's causing these sunspots to move and things. Yeah, which apparently is like an 11-year cycle. Yeah. Or the, the, the sun has an 11 year cycle. And then every, I want to say it was like 75 to 100 years, it has almost a, a cooling cycle. And that's what they were predicting we are going into. And this article very strongly um, makes that case. And when you start doing searching on it, you find a whole bunch of articles that say, oh, it's not as bad as you think. It's not really going to happen. So when you in within this same article, and this is from uh, what iflscience.com, yes, and within the same article down towards the bottom of it, they link to a uh, note we have written a follow up article. There probably won't be a mini ice age in fifteen years. What they're basically when you read between the lines and then you do some research from all of the other sources, the climate change people made them retract because they don't want any change in our temperature to not be blamed on human behavior global warming or global cooling whatever it is we have to blame it on yeah. you people so we can tax you more and take away your cars yeah but, but not the big factors 
But what is missing is nowhere in any of these stories and retractions is anybody saying we are not going to go through this cycle of sunspots. No. And this cycle. It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And this cycle of uh, sunspots is going to do major things to satellite signals, radio signals, cell phone signals. And how much of trucking runs on cell phone signal? Very little. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> All of the hours of service are you know pretty much handled by Verizon satellite or a, a cell service. It's it's just, it is huge. So it's like this is every bit. It has the potential, although not on a permanent scale. All the predictions of Y two K, it has the potential of being one hell of a mess for a few days here and a few days there, and you know maybe a, a month here and a month there. It is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, well, they were they were talking about, uh, and this it was going back 1600s, I believe. It said when when this occurred last, and it's it's not the whole world. It, it was basically you know the northern hemisphere that it that it affected, but it was uh, it was in Europe and uh, what's what's the river Thames the Thames yeah Thames, Thames. River Thames actually froze over, which it, it never does. No, that's a warmer it, climate. It froze over for several weeks, you know, to the point of, you know, it, we're used to it here. They're walking on it and, and probably playing hockey on it or, or whatever, but they're not used to that like we are, you know, in, in the great north up here where the lakes all freeze over. Oh, their but houses it, it aren't a, built for it? Nothing. No, you know, it, it was a, a documented event and it was a couple of weeks of this. Yeah, it, you know, it's not just trying to trying to scare people. No, there's there's documented evidence that this happens, and they were talking about the uh, the record of these these solar flares and these dark spots and everything, and and using it to predict some weather patterns. And I want to say, going back through uh, their records, they were well over ninety percent accurate. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think they backtracked the Ice Age crap because the global warming police were after them. Right. But you can't backtrack the pattern that predicts the solar flares. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on starting, oh, what, 2028 and going forward. Yeah. Um, if we have holes Stock up in, on toilet paper. Yeah, bread, bread and toilet paper. That's right. Yep. What else did everybody stock up on? Okay, firewood, generators. Go buy a generator. Even though yep. you won't be able to buy gas, then buy, buy a solar generator. That ought to work really good. <laughs> <laughs> this week in beer, short and sweet. That is a good one. That is, I I feel like we've talked about this before. I've had it in the show notes and we have not covered it. Okay, maybe that's it. Because the city didn't sound familiar, but I'm like this. This sounds really familiar, and maybe it was just it was something you had sent me and I read it. Um, this unfortunately is coming from our uh, great state of Wisconsin here, the beer capital of the world. Uh, what a forty-five minute drive from me. Yeah, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, pulled over driver under the influence. He was arrested and charged with his fourth operating <laughs> while intoxicated. People might say, oh, my God, that's not uncommon around here. So don't be, you know, this guy isn't a lunatic. It happens all the time. While they were doing their paperwork and everything, the plates were not coming back to that vehicle or any vehicle. (laughs) These plates didn't exist. Custom plates, though, weren't they? Custom plates. uh, They investigated a little further, and these were not license plates. These were a part of a Ham's beer (laughs) box. (laughs) <laughs> custom plate <laughs> vanity plate I, hams unfortunately the uh the article did not say what kind of a charge that brings but i'm sure that will be getting added on <laughs> oh man yes let's just cut out the ham sign and put it in our license They'll plate never frame. catch me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was really disappointed that there wasn't a picture i i was hoping to find one i even went oh. online and, and tried to find a picture of this guy's license plate just could not could not find one. No, no such luck. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, that's one of the products I handle on a daily basis, and it just says hams. It doesn't. You know, it's not like <laughs> yeah. hams three seven five or anything. It's it's hams 
30 pack. <laughs> well, maybe that plate was taken. So he, uh, vanity to zone, probably under the influence. <laughs> I wonder what happened to the cans of beer that were inside the case that he cut the sides off of to get hams into his license plate. Well, this is why it was his fourth DUI. <laughs> yeah. Wisconsin yeah. has a very high tolerance for drunk drivers, I'm afraid. Yep. It's, 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 okay, he's probably now at four trying to, starting to get into some severe penalties. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they took his license plate away. Yeah. They yeah. did. <laughs> Where's the 12 beers? <laughs> Thank you, Ross, for submitting not only a really bad ad, but it is a really bad ad of a big rolling turd. <coughs> and this I is. sent I sent both of you the uh, picture of this big. This is out of Facebook, so I can't put it on the site until or on the show notes. Site, I by did. the way, podcastingafterhours.com. Go check it out. I've been putting some articles on there. I'll get a couple of more up this week. And, uh, Having some fun watching it grow. It's a uh, bit up, bit up. slow <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. It is a slow and steady climb. We knew that going in, but I would love to have you guys uh, take a look at what's there. Read a couple of articles. Shoot me an email. Shoot us an email at uh, what is it? Truckingafterhours at gmail dot com. Love to hear easy. from you. We made it super easy. Uh, feedback at truckingpodcast dot com still works and will for a long, long time. And trucking podcast is. Um, you want to read that ad? I would love to. So this is coming from McKinney, Texas. If anyone <laughs> down there is looking for a fine automobile, we've got a 1983 Cadillac DeVille. Sudan um, DeVille four-door. And would you describe what is on the hood of this car? Uh, some of the biggest Texas Longhorn horns I have ever seen. They um, look as wide as the car. I would say, judging from that front picture, I think they're just slightly bigger than the car. They look like they, they look to extend slightly beyond the fender a little bit. Yes. I don't know why he blocked out his license plate. I don't know either. Coward. Because it said hams. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. it could be. <laughs> and he can't drive well, after, it anymore. After you hear the description of this vehicle, I think it said something worse than hams. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yes. No doubt. You go right ahead. The Shaggin' Wagon, the Panty Dropper, the Ratch Rig is for sale, not on sale. She's fast, she's mean, and she makes women scream. Zero to 60 in 23 seconds. Cow siren installed to call up the cows or the ladies. Red shag carpet flooring, fuzzy dice, and bullhorns. What else do you need? Two 10-inch subs in the back, not hooked up. Limited edition. Runs great. I just can't keep up with all the women anymore. Now, being involved in car sales in the 90s, this also qualifies as a big rolling turd because there are one of two engines under the hood of this car. Engine number one, gasoline powered, 4.1 liter. Yes, that's about what, 230 or 240 cubic inches. <laughs> Yeah, very massive. Yeah, very small V8 with a whopping, I believe it's about 125 horsepower. Yep. In a car that weighs, uh, well, with those bullhorns on there, there's 4,000 pounds. Cause it's, well, I was going to say, it's got to be four grand. <laughs> it is, yeah. The base car was eight pounds shy of 4,000 pounds. So if that's got leather or anything else or eight pounds of bullhorns, hey, yeah. Two 10-inch subs. And two, ten, yeah, you're over 4,000 pounds. And oh, then- yeah. uh, all the other stuff. Or you could have opted for the 5.7 liter V8. Well, you might as well go for the big boy. Yeah, but the big boy is a diesel. So Ooh. now the car is a little bit heavier and it has a whopping 105 horsepower. Totally worth it. And neither one of them had more than about 200 foot pounds of torque. So um, let's be honest though. When you're driving a shagging wagon, you don't need speed. You're cruising low and slow, looking to see what's hiding in the corners. Set the seat down low, hang the arm out the window, kind of yeah. like uh, you get trucker's arm. And this is Texas. So I guess that would be okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so would, would you call that, uh, what? DeVille arm? DeVille arm. But would, would this be, and we have covered this before on the podcast, would this be a coopty or a hoopty? Well, it's the shagging wagon, it's so it's a hoopty. Wagon. So it's a hoopty coopty. <laughs> hoop, hoop. <laughs> Don't touch anything in that car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
I guess it even has shag carpet. I didn't get all of the interior pictures with it. Sadly, the vehicle, um, Ross sent me the link to it. And by the time I got it and opened the link, the link was gone. So either uh, somebody rushed in and made him a great offer and bought the shagging wagon. Uh, possibly Facebook decided it violated the, their terms of good taste. He went to Facebook. I think he went to Facebook jail for that one because I could not find the car. How can he violate Facebook taste standards when I see pictures of Nancy Pelosi all over? <laughs> oh, man, I agree. Makes me want to vomit sometimes. Yeah. Here, here's what gets me. I'm reading all of this stuff. And you know what? Since we separated the podcast from the website, we can go. Since um, I've been reading all of this stuff this week, James Carville and all of these other Democratic Party insiders saying these people have lost their minds. We're going to get mm -hmm. our asses kicked. And, you know, the Democrats are. They're going to get their asses kicked. If the best you're going to come up with is Bernie Sanders or Bloomberg, what a blithering idiot. So, oh, I don't know. <laughs> speaking of, well, yeah, you managed to make billions. Speaking of, uh, yeah, Facebook jail, he had a thing where he was paying staffers an extra $2,500 a month to be all over yeah. social media. Uh, Promoting like yeah. Bloomberg. Twitter's been closing down their accounts. That is against their rules. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I don't, I don't know about Facebook, but but I guess my thought is everybody is saying, yes, they are over the edge beyond the lunatic fringe and they have no chance of winning anything with an idiot like Bernie Sanders. But people keep voting for him. Uh huh. He's winning primaries. I, I mean. But look who else is on the ticket. Yeah. 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 I, I guess none of the above is not an option. Mickey Mouse. Mickey yeah. Mouse. Yes. Where's oh, Ross Perot when you need him? Yeah, the giant sucking sound. Well, it wasn't a giant sucking <laughs> sound, but he was right. Okay, here's... I remember this weird stuff nobody remembers. Who remembers Ross Perot's vice president candidate? As you say, well, that's easy. Ross Perot was never president. Yeah, his vice presidential candidate was a guy named Admiral Stockcamp, who showed up at a debate, and his first question was, Who am I? And his second question was, Why am I here? <laughs> Was his name really Admiral? Yes. Oh, I don't know what his real name was, but he was he was his Admiral Stockcamp. I couldn't tell you his first name, but yeah, he was Ross Perot's running me. Touched oh a gosh. bullet there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, well, I don't know. Ross Perot actually won what Minnesota, the state that gave us Jesse Ventura. Yeah, that was. Funny. Hey, I like Jesse Ventura. I do too. Do you know why? I'm not gonna lie. I, I listened to a morning show out of. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, every morning. And they still, to this day, do deep thinking with Jesse the Body Ventura. And it's oh. just some guy dumping the voice. It's hilarious. It, hours of entertainment after having Jesse Ventura for, do you for know governor. Why, do you know why he went away after he left the governor's office? No. He signed like a six-year contract to be a commentator with like, I, I believe it was CNN. CNN okay. or MSN. They contracted him for six years. So for six years, they never used him, and he couldn't talk to anybody else. Nice. <laughs> was that actually Stockdale? Stockdale. Okay, Stockdale. And he was a vice admiral and aviator for the Navy. Okay. But he was, yeah, he was up there. I mean, he acted like he was up there. Well, he interestingly, he got the Medal of Honor in the Vietnam War, but he was born in 1923. Yeah, Holy so, crap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was up there for the time that he ran still, though. But uh, no, I just remember that. Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> kind of sounded like Biden. <laughs> <laughs> am I in Omaha or Ohio? <laughs> Enough. Hello, all you beautiful people. Oh, man. Enough of that. Uh, Don the Beer Guy, what did you learn tonight? Oh, we're going to do this tonight? We're going to uh, do this tonight. Um... It's on the board, the very oh, last thing. Boy. Look at those show notes. Didn't I do an amazing job tonight? You did. I did. I, really I can actually myself. read them. That's yes. the amazing part. Anyway. <laughs> I, I guess I would go with, um, you know, I, I actually did really learn something about uh, logging uh, yard moves. There we I go. just kind of assumed that was, you know, on duty, not driving. Didn't matter what you were doing. I, I never knew anything about the, um, you know, to do it correctly, it has to be a, a private property area. It it's an interesting topic that doesn't get a lot of conversation, and uh, we all need to we all need to know the right way and the wrong way. Just so when we do it the wrong way, which we all do, if we can get away with it, 
uh, we realized we were doing it. Castle Curator, what did you learn? Well, in, in all reality, uh, that was one of the things I didn't. I knew nothing about. That was interesting because I didn't know about yard moves. But the one thing that stuck out to me lately was after talking about that car and the horn. What did you say the horn did? Don, was it mooing or something? Oh, yeah. He's got a, a cow. He called it a cow siren, but cow cow horn. So you ah. can talk to the cows or to the ladies. I'll, okay, that's the line. There is no lady that's going to react to that thing. We all hey, know hey, what hey, we hey, all hey, know hey, what hey. and who is going to react to we that. We have a, a certain county here. <laughs> Dad, you probably know where it is. It's on Highway Eight. Um, they have a saying that says she ain't a lady unless she's three eighty. So I'm assuming <laughs> that car would do very well in that county off on Highway Eight. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that probably <laughs> no doubt. would. That probably would. <laughs> oh my gosh. What did you learn? Well, I learned, should I ever decide to start drinking again? And the decision was already made. Uh, I'm not going to do it. But if I did, it would be Tangeray. Um, Tangeray on a fake license plate is probably not a good idea. It's classier than probably. the hams. Oh, it beats the hell out of hams. <laughs> Which wasn't a bad de- beer in its age. You could buy it cheap. It still is. You were too cheap young. Cheap or not a bad beer. Yep. You were alive, but too young to remember it. But about uh, between the time of your birth and uh, maybe three or four years old, do you remember the generic craze? And a generic was white label with, uh, for example, you go to the grocery store, it would be a white label with green beans and black ink. Right. So you would buy a case of beer. Beer. And beer was about a white box with black letters that said beer. And it was about a dollar ninety four for a twelve pack, <laughs> <laughs> but you could buy Lucky Lager, which actually had a label on it for about a dollar ninety seven a twelve pack. And me and Lucky Lager had a history. That's good stuff. Nice, Lucky Lager. <laughs> Lucky I Lager. Like, I think I have in my collection of of old beer cans. I believe I have a a. It's rusty now, but a white beer can that just has beer on it. Yeah, that was yeah. it. The old the old. Pull top, pull tab style. Yeah, and then for a while you went from the pull pull tab to the push tab that you would cut your thumb on pushing it in. Well, that that's so the beer actually tasted like something and not just crap. Give it a little protein, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Nope. And then uh, I don't know. I was always an Olympia guy. Olympia beer. Olympia beer. That that was that was that was my staple of choice unless I was on a real budget. It works. Yeah, it got the job done. What are you using for earbuds there? Uh, these are some fancy schmancy thing that came with our uh, our Samsung Galaxy phones. Awesome. I like it. See, this braided, braided cord here that doesn't get snagged up on things and twist around on you. I like it. We should poke it with a fork, call it a night, and uh, hey, thank you again for Trucker's Edge for sticking with us through the transition and uh, joshwoodward.com for uh, the great music. And... Shiny side up. Drive safe. Keep her between the ditches, and we'll see you on the backhaul. Remember, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. (laughs) Yes. I like that. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. My life is drowned in a firm routine of coffee, sleep, and work. I am not boring. I just stick to what I know.